Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know. That Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Good morning, up, fellas. Man? Good morning. How you doing today? All right. You guys rocking? You guys awake? Is this thing on? Hello? <laughs> Is this thing on? Are we running here? Hey, doing well, uh, man. Yeah, good, good, it's, good. Uh, it's 530 out here in California. Sunshine back on the East Coast. But, zero, uh, zero. you know, I've been excited that we were getting together today, man, because uh, normally we just talk about what's going on. But uh, today we got a... An old NCO man joining us today, man. We do a salty dog, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was around before we were around, right, and it's all right. good. But uh, I guess we'll just jump uh, jump right into it today, man, and let uh, everybody know that we have uh, one of our brothers from the Marine Corps joining us today, Mr. Alex Atkins. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, hey, just real quick, Brian, just for those who yeah, go ahead, man. Listen to an IG wipe six podcasts before and this is the first one uh brian and greg uh we are i am greg and brian is over there on the other end we're we're That's zooming right. this meeting today because of social distancing because of the very very real um uh, uh situation we got globally right now and so if the audio is a little bit off gentlemen uh it's okay it will get better when we are able to get back in touch but for right now just a little disclaimer. It might be a little choppy here in places, but we're doing good otherwise. So yeah. let's uh, let's continue. So we got it. We got a special guest today. Who's that guest? Yeah, that's it. Well, it's uh, Mr. Alex Atkins, right? So uh, Alex, man, uh, we 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 kind of we we know I know you because uh, you were you know I think a section leader back in the day, man. Or I just remember being a boot uh, marine myself. But uh, and and so was uh, Greg. If, if we're honest, yeah, with yeah it was a but, boot. Uh, we. Uh, <laughs> You know, coming flash forward and 20 years later, dude, it was uh, good to see uh, you back here in uh, November for our reunion. But uh, more importantly, we just uh, we appreciate you being here. First and foremost, we know you got a family and we got your things going on out there. But uh, can you just give us real quick a little bit of a uh, little bit of background? And so that uh, not that anybody needs to vet you because you're definitely legit, <laughs> but uh, give everybody a little bit of background, uh, where you came from, what you did in the Marine Corps. And then moving forward, and then we'll have some, uh, if you don't mind, we'll have some interview questions, man. Try to pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's see. So um, I I got into a delayed entry program way back in 88. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit older than you guys. 
but uh, I think I, I met you guys on uh, that was my second deployment with three one. Yeah. And so that was around 90, 94. So I had just finished my first enlistment around that time and was trying to figure out if I was going to reenlist or not and um, talked to uh, Lieutenant Humphrey. And he said, why don't you just extend? And I said, all right, so extend one more time. And if you guys remember, do you, were you guys in the same SOI class? Did you guys come with that big group? Negative. Together? I came with the big group. Brian came in a little bit after that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so all these boots are running around the <laughs> barracks. Uh, there's no corporals and no sergeants. And that was like job opportunity, right? Yep. So uh, I jumped on it, and it turned out to be um, the best deployment I think I ever had um, by, by a long shot. So um, I, after that deployment, I came back and um, was considering a lap move to 5811 MPs, which is where I was faffed out to um, between deployments. And, you know, I, I sat down and talked to um, my dad, um, who was an Army veteran, and a couple other people, and they said, okay, well, if you – if you really like this life and you're and you're considering staying, why don't you go to school and become an officer and it'll, it'll have a big impact on the way your next 15 years run. Yeah. And I, okay. Well that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, big problem. I got out of school and met my wife and uh, over the years um, or I got out of the Marine Corps, met my wife and um, went to school and in a, a couple of years of school, um, I realized I, I, I didn't want to go back and, yeah. uh, that, that decision was not permanent. That decision was, I wasn't firm on that. I kind of waffled on that. And in fact, it was probably a five year journey for me of wondering, um, if I was going to go back or if I was going to stay out or what I was going to do. Um, uh, and in, in fact, I can't tell you how many appointments I made with a prior service recruiter, um, to, to go talk. And, you know, I just, I, I, struggled with it. And, um, the part that I struggled with was, um, trying to figure out, um, if that's where my identity was going to be. Yeah. And, you know, a huge portion of my, my, myself, you know, who I thought I was, was wrapped up in that. Yeah. And yeah. you, you guys might not have known it, but right around that time, 94, 95, um, I was really hitting my stride. Like I didn't get it when I got out of boot camp. You know, I was a I was mostly a mediocre Marine when I was uh, E1, E2, E3, um, and and not, not I, I did probably wasn't considered an asset. Um, and when Lieutenant Humphrey said, "Hey, we need an NCO. You're the right guy. Stay on board." Um, that triggered something, and I just launched. And uh, I, so I, I guess um, you know I wanted that back. And, and in fact, it took me a long time to, to find that strike again uh, in this world. Um, caused a, a, it was a big struggle for me. And, and today I'm at the point where I think um, that's where most guys struggle is is trying to figure out who, who am I outside of my uniform. Yeah, who are you outside your uniform, yeah. Right. That, I, I, it's, right, you took, yeah, you're talking about like who you're outside of your uniform since then, since leave, since transitioning, right? That's what you're referring to. Yeah. Now, Alex, at that point, were you a were you believer? What's your faith background regarding the Marine Corps? Yeah. So um, I, I I was a, a typical Southern Baptist kid, raised in church. Dad's on the deacon board. Um, you know, uh, 
usually sat in the first couple rows of church my entire life, uh, saved and, and baptized when I was a, a young man um, and was pretty confident in it, but didn't grow a whole lot and went into my, my teenage years um, worried more about how I was going to blend in with the world and how they were going to accept me rather than how I was going to represent Christ. And so That's a pretty typical my, struggle at that age. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, and, and I think when I hit the Marine Corps, not having that firm foundation is just set up for failure. Right. Because the, the intensity to fit in is, is even higher, right? The desire to, to to be one of the guys is even higher. So so the guys that, that you knew, you know, the, the Alex that you knew back then um, was a guy who was trying very hard mm-hmm. to blend into what you expected. Right, right. And, right. And you probably didn't expect a believer. Um, so um, I, you know, that was a, a, a weakness of mine, and um, I really didn't come out of that until um, my wife and I had been married. Um, I'm going to say around two years we've been married and um, I felt something. I was like, I need to, I need to be in church. You know, I'm married now. I have a job. Um, I'm putting a family together. There's something missing. So do you think, sorry about that. Do you think during that time you fell away? Not, not, not your core heart belief, but like your outward expression of who, who you were as a Christian, you fell away kind of. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you couldn't notice it, then that's evidence of it itself, right? Right, right, right. No, and and there's no. I don't think. Um, just to interject here. There's nothing to be ashamed of because we're human beings, right? We're gonna we're gonna go through these ebbs and flows and these peaks and valleys of our of our faith. Um, but it's interesting to me. Um, I was talking to a couple guys on Zoom the other day, and one guy said he served with a uh, 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 like a commander in the Navy, and. Only when he found when he got out and the the commander retired did he find out he was a Christian. And then after that, their relationship was amazing. It was like, oh, it's it's a great you know. He was a good leader. He was definitely good, and it, it, it's mirroring exactly what works. Good leader, great leader. Um, not to say I didn't ex- it, we didn't experience any morals out of you, but when we're on ship and all those things, that's not necessarily what we're tracking with. We're tracking with leadership in combat, leadership on ship, leadership in this. That's where our mind is for those four or eight years, however long we're in the Marine Corps. We're not tracking with our Christianity necessarily, even though it can be a fundamental aspect of who we are and our morals. We're tracking more with, is this guy going to get me home safe? Is this guy going to treat me correctly when I get promoted? Is this guy teaching me the right things in my mentorship? So it, it's cool that you, you talk about, um, you know, when you got out, you thought, I need to realign. I need to, I need to figure this out better. Go ahead and finish that. Sorry. I didn't mean to interject. It's just interesting. No, that's, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, um, I didn't really have any, um, any frame of reference for that. And when you, when you take off the uniform, I was thinking about this yesterday, I was watching um, a television show and some guys walked out of uh, a room in alphas and I thought to myself, you know, it's been a long time since I've been on a set of alphas, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> And what occurred to me was at the time, the last time I took off alphas, I didn't realize that was going to be the last time. I was probably yeah. thankful that inspection yeah. was over or, you know, duty was over or whatever reason I had for wearing alphas that day. Right. But I didn't realize that would be the last time. And I went through a period of years of thinking, man, I've got to get back to that. I've got to, I've got to go back there and reestablish who I was. 
Um, I got to go back and, and and be that that NCO that was uh, that was getting ready to get promoted again, you know, and get that next stripe. Um, I I, I got to go back because out here no one cares. You know, you you, you get the phrase "thank you for your service," but um, it doesn't yeah, ha- it doesn't mean anything. And so everything that you earned, the respect, the persona, um, yeah. the skill you built as a leader, don't necessarily translate to an entry level civilian job. Right. And you're sitting around going, what am I going to do? So um, that portion of it was weighing on me and probably exposing the the vacuum that I had not filled with the Lord. So in some ways, I thought I was I was leveling up as a a man. But in a lot of ways, I was still a baby Christian, you know, kind of trying to find some and um, so that that led me uh, back into church and uh, uh, through a long period of time, several years, uh, was able to start reestablishing some some definitive points in my life where I go, OK, I can bank on this. I can bank on my relationship with God. I can bank yeah. on my relationship with my wife. Um, I know what's expected of me here and I understand what I want for my kids and, and so on and so forth. Right. So long, long process. And weirdly enough, I think in some ways. Um, that my years at the Marine Corps kind of handicapped me um, in that way um, because I didn't I, I, I had all these expectations of what I thought I should be doing right uh, and they were incorrect. right right well hey that's a it's a perfect transition to our next step but I think we should take a couple minutes break here um, gentlemen just to rethink and, and uh, get our pause in here uh, but uh, we'll, we'll be right back guys yeah thanks man all right gentlemen we are back we had a good break uh everything seems to be be working and good um alex where are you at right now physically Uh, i'm just outside of charlotte north carolina nice nice yeah god's country here buddy Uh, yeah i I, i've had a couple zoom meetings and a couple guys are back there they're like you got to get out of california and get out here i'm like i don't know i know one guy out there well now i know like three but yeah that'd be crazy that's good stuff all right Uh, so uh, no it's that's debatable if, nor, if it's God's country. I thought Texas was. Maybe I stand corrected. But, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was born in Texas, too, right? So uh, I'm living there, man. I'm, I'm yes, a trans sir. man. Nice. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Uh, like I said, we we're, we're glad that you know for all listeners out there. Like I said, we have uh, our brother here. We're just uh, taking an opportunity to pick his brain, and uh, hopefully something will come off his lips and his speech that uh, will help you guys. So. Uh, Alex, man, I, I know that we had uh, you had mentioned earlier about having that identity with that uniform, and then once we get out, that kind of identity where we where do we get that from? Certainly, we know the gospel has that different mission for us. You know, go and make disciples. But um, can you can you elaborate a little bit more on uh, how has your service like that? It how has it helped you or hindered your faith? Do you have any? Can you make a contrast or make it a yeah, well, I, and I, I think in a lot of ways it's it's really helped um, because um, you learn a lot more about um, what's really important. I think you learn a lot about um, who you are um, and wh- where your, your character um, needs more development, uh, where you might come up short. Uh, because as you guys know, 
um, whenever you screw up in the military, nobody forgets. You know, yeah, right? Uh, right. You're you're going to hear about it forever. And in the civilian world, that's just not the case. You can move jobs. Um, you know, you can you can change virtually everything. You can change families. You can change towns. You can you can leave it all behind and start over. Yeah, usually uh, in the, the Marine Corps, you get a nickname out of it. That's right. <laughs> Stick with right. you for the rest of your life. <laughs> that's true uh uh, but you know and and so in in that regard i think it's it's very valuable um because uh you you learn a lot about uh what what's really important um but you know the the pressure um i think i I think i felt more pressure in the marine corps than i did in any civilian job um and it wasn't to combat or the prospect of a combat mission it was just the lifestyle right um you know just even even at our age when we had boundless energy um but i still remember just being dog tired near nearly all the time um yeah. you know just wore out right and um stress of hurry up and wait and playing games and you know not knowing what's going to happen next and having somebody control every aspect of your life including including how you fold your socks you know that that portion of it um i don't think the rest of the planet has much of a frame of reference on right right um, it's just not, you know, the friends that I made there, the brothers that I made there are in a different classification than my civilian friends. Sure, uh, sure. And, uh, you know, I, I, and I consider, you know, Chris Zukowski to be absolute, you know, brother to the end. And, and uh, right. yeah. a lot of yeah. when I when I scale out, you know, things in my life, he ends up being a, a particular point of reference for me in terms of character and um, loyalty and things like that. Sure. Um, so in that regard, it was a chance to, to really um, figure out where the bar actually is. Right, right. Now, um, you know, we, we've talked about uh, mental health on a couple of our other podcasts, and I'm just interjecting this to, to give a frame of reference of why Chris is so important and why, um, you know, obviously when you guys got out, he lived in Illinois, right? Yeah. And you lived in North, you live in North Carolina. Um, yeah. So how do you guys stay brothers? You know, this is when we got out in night. You got out and when I got out in 97, Brian, you got out and when same year, 97. Okay. Yeah. And Alex. Yeah, I got out in 95, 95. Okay. So right when we got back from deployment, you got out. I think yeah. Chris stayed in for a couple more years. Did he not? Yeah. Yeah. He was 97, 98, somewhere okay. in there. Okay. Uh, he went to uh, he went to Edson Range. Gotcha. Um, after that deployment, so the the significance so. of that, like I said, we talk about mental health. Um, we we lost Chris uh, a couple years back, um, and and it was a tough. Obviously, for you, Alex, it was a lot tougher because he was your brother. He was really close to you. Did you do you know off the top of your head if Chris shared any of the moral foundation that you did? Were you trying to share that with him? What what's what's a little bit of that background right there? And um, I don't I, we don't have to hit on it too hard because that's not the topic today. But Chris is important to all of us because we all share the same uh, uh, mental stumbling blocks. I think at at times that he probably faced. And <clears throat> if we're trying to help men, we're trying to figure out what these stumbling blocks are so they don't they don't have the same adverse effect on us that they did with Chris. So. Yeah. What was going on? I mean, you can't figure out what was going on in his mind, but how was your relationship when you guys got out of the Marine Corps and, and why was that so important to you? So, uh, about, um, well, of course, man, this is back in the days of analog flip phones and pagers, right? So no (laughs) social media. (laughs) 
we had about um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something like three or four months, maybe six months of radio silence where I didn't know where he was and uh, I, I didn't know he'd been he'd been sent to Edson and uh, I had um, left North Carolina, went back to Texas, was a student at Texas A and M, and um, somehow that guy stalked me. Um, and I, I don't know how you do that in, you know, pre Google days, but, uh, <laughs> he, he found me and, and came to visit me, um, uh, in, at, uh, college station, Texas. And, uh, so Kim and I were there and he came down and, uh, stayed for a few days. And after that, we, we stayed in pretty much constant contact for the next, you know, 20 plus years. Nice. Um, nice. so yeah, it was kind of a weird, um, friendship because other than, you know, the, the Marine Corps, that that friendship would have never existed. Some, you know, Southern Baptist guy from, from Texas, who's living a wild life. And then, uh, this Pollock from Illinois, you know, uh, <laughs> it was kind of a weird matchup. So sure. whenever I took him there, you know, people heard that little naval act that he had. Right. And, uh, I'm like, who is this guy? Right. You know? Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I, I, over the past couple of years since he's been gone, I've, I've, tried to figure out and answer a lot of questions and I've come to the conclusion that I can't. Right. Um, there's, right. there's a lot of questions I won't get answers to till we're on this other side. Sure. Um, I heard, um, him on multiple occasions, um, express his faith in Christ. Nice. Um, and, um, he, despite any other struggles that he dealt with, um, he was adamant, um, uh, about that and, and could explain it in far more detail than, than most people. Okay. Um, and, and so I'm confident that I'll see him again uh, in, in that regard. Gotcha. Um, and I, I doubt at that point that I'll worry about the questions that I worry about now. Uh, sure. We'll probably just get down to worshiping at that point. Right. That's uh, a good point. But, um, you know, it, it, it was um, at the at the moment, um, it was devastating um, for me. Um, but um, and, and for everybody that knew him. Um, but, um, I don't know, um, if I considered him, uh, a risk at that point. And I don't know if I would, if I would just jump out there and say that anything that transpired was due to his experience in the Marine Corps. Um, I, I just, I just don't know. It's hard to see that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, he did, that, you yeah. know, I, we had conversations within, you know, a week of his passing that had nothing whatsoever to do with that. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And so it was a complete shock to me. Okay. Well, I appreciate you going into that, dude. I know it's a hard subject and, um, you know, when, when anybody loses a brother, like we just lost another one yeah. recently, as much as, you know, we didn't have that relationship. We, we still served with them. We still, uh, understand that connection and the, that brotherhood and that bond we have. And we couldn't see each other for 25 years and come back and, be right where we were in 1995, you know, on that ship, on that Ogden, sharing that adversity. So I appreciate you sharing that. Brian, go ahead and uh, um, we got about two more minutes before we're going to break for the next one. So, um, oh, amen. Yeah. I, uh, I you mean you wrap up here or, uh, you know, piggyback on what you're saying. I just, uh, you know, the, uh, how does the, uh, you know, just real quick, we can have you just dial that. So, how does that help you lead now? I guess that's most, most like most guys want to know like all right hey, we're not carrying rifles we're not carrying 782 gear people even know what the heck that is but how does that help you lead now in the family in the home in the workplace in your community in your neighborhood uh, obviously in your church but how does it help you lead how does it help you lead now because obviously you have a different mission right so yeah um, well it, it gives me a 
a boundless uh, supply of stories. In fact, I tell folks in my church when I speak, I limit myself to one Marine Corps analogy. Like, you know, that's, you know, like, uh, you know, I'll tell them something like, uh, you know, carry your brother's burdens. And that's like getting a saw, you know, and I have to explain what a saw is. Right. 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 uh, They know my my congregation gets it now. You know, they they understand uh, uh, that I'm going to throw some some interjection about the Marine Corps in there and uh, I'll, then I'll spend some time explaining it. But, uh, you know, um, I think that um, I, I think that uh, it gives you a scale of what human suffering actually is um, when you, you know, the things that we saw overseas and the um, not not just combat, but just travel. Right. Um, to right. other locations and you see how other cultures, you know, live day to day. It gives us a scale. Um, and you guys know, um, even on that deployment, we saw folks that, you know, literally lived in houses built out of tires and, uh, yeah. right. I think that folks, you know, where the, 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 uh, life expectancy is somewhere in the thirties, you know, and, and infant mortality is really high and all that stuff. It gives you a really broad, um, spectrum. So I was able to peg, um, what is the definition of human suffering on a pretty solid benchmark? I think right. Um, right. that helps me immensely um, when I'm dealing folks who are, are going through other things here in the United States and not that it diminishes what they're going through. Um, but it, I can look at the signs in their face and they, the, the uh, emotional cues in their voice um, and understand how they perceive that level of pain. So rather than dismissing it, it helps me to, to get a, a, a greater sense of empathy of it doesn't matter what the circumstance is because all the circumstances are relative. Right. It matters right. what this person thinks it is. What are they, what are they yeah. experiencing at, at as? So whether it's job loss or missing a mortgage payment or, you know, um, all, all the different things that, that occur uh, in, in American life, um, I, I think I have a better ability to empathize with folks. Uh, yeah. on nice. Oh, great point. Nice. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Hey, Alex, thank you again. You know, man, we're not, we're not done, but I really appreciate your input on this. It sounds like, uh, you've thought about this stuff. I think we all have. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back guys. Thank you. Cool. All right. We are back, gentlemen. It's uh, it's a great day. I mean, technology today is amazing. We're able to do a Zoom meeting and record our audio for the IGY6 podcast. We're here with Alex Adkins, who's in North Carolina. And Alex, uh, we've been talking a lot about you know your transition and, and history of the your, your Marine Corps career with 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 Christianity and, and your your your. Uh, faith, uh, moral compass, etc., friendship, that kind of stuff. What what do you what do you do now? I know you you have a job, and you're a pastor. I, explain those really quick. Um, it, it it helps to have credentials. Like when we talk about our Marine Corps, we we explain what we did so people know that we have credibility. Um, not that you need credibility, but what what is it exactly you're doing now for living and pastorship and stuff like that? 
Cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a bivocational pastor. I have an executive pastor role at my church. Um, so um, I handle admin type stuff, uh, back of the house type stuff. I also teach and preach on occasion. Nice. Uh, I'm going to school at um, Southern Evangelical Seminary uh, up the road here, uh, which is a seminary that specializes in apologetics. So defense of the faith. There you go. Um, and uh, it's uh, I, I thought, man, after 15 or 20 years of uh, teaching Sunday school and being a deacon and uh, having a long history in church, uh, this will be easy. And <laughs> those professors down there are steadily cleaning my clock. So nice, uh, nice. Yeah, that school is uh, it's tough. So uh, that's um, my tent making job, my my day job. Um, I'm a, uh, a vice president of national accounts for um, a company here in Charlotte that handles food safety. Uh, for the food industry. Perfect. So um, it's a, it's tough on the food industry right now because um, our company right along with our customers are just crumbling. Right. Uh, economically. So uh, I'm actually on furlough um, right now. Uh, they have a good portion of our company has been furloughed. Uh, so I'm kind of living the dream uh, in, in the meantime here until, gotcha. until things change. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Brian, what do we got next for him? What's the, Okay. Well, you're. I don't want to overglaze it, you, but you're you're being furloughed, so you're. But uh, everything is good to go, right there, sir. I mean, uh, you guys are good, though, right? Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't say good. Um, <laughs> so um, in the in the Corona world, um, furlough has a slightly different connotation than being um, laid off or fired. Uh -huh. So te okay. technically, um, I'm still an employee, but I'm not getting paid. Right. I'm sorry to hear that, Alex. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to make light of that situation because uh, you know we'll be praying for you, man. I know. I know that uh, you know the prayer of righteous man is is, uh, is legit too, man. But uh, I, you know, I know we're recording this live, but uh, you know we'll have uh, we'll have you in our prayers, man. And uh, I, I'm with you there, man. We 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 all need to have this country get back to work so we can take care of our families. And I know that God's in control, dude. So um, uh, that's kind of heavy, man. I appreciate you right. sharing that, man. But um, no worries. Kind of no lost for work. I'm kind of lost for words. Um, doesn't seem like he's well, too worried about it. He's got a faith in something else, yeah. right? Amen, amen. That, yeah. that, that, you know, I guess that brings us to our, our final thought, man, for guys that are transitioning. Certainly, you know, we uh, we love our Marine brothers, but uh, for anybody who's transitioning out of their service as well, too, but uh, for other believers as well, too, um, any words of advice for these guys, you know, yeah. especially during now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get connected. So <laughs> in 1946 – Right or 1920, um, right after World War II and World War One, guys were joining things like uh, the American Legion and the VFW, um, and they, they had a whole spectrum of fraternal organizations they could jump into, um, and those things still exist, but generationally, that's not us. So um, my suggestion to folks is find the approximation of that. Find where you can connect with other veterans. Um, for me, the gold standard is running into another grunt. Right. right? Some, of right. The, some of the best friends I've made uh, in, in other places have been grunts from, from different units and different times. And, in fact, uh, one guy almost had to smack him because he, he said something to me, and he goes, well, you know, Marines of your era. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> bust out with the boomer nonsense yeah, you know what is that age now <laughs> yeah so yeah but uh see the thing that we don't realize is as much as we struggle to find out where we are in in orbit on the universe 
there's other guys coming out every single day, right? EAS is a, is a, is a 40 hour a week thing. Right. So yeah. the guys are rolling out the gates all day long right. and trying to figure out who they are. So whatever, wherever you think you are, you've already got two decades of experience of figuring it out. There's another guy that has one day of experience of figuring it out and he needs you. Right. And so you yeah. got to find that guy. And, um, you know, like, like I said, I've, I've been privileged, I think, to, to bump into guys that have gotten out, you know, over the past 10 or 15 years and um, make connections with those folks and, and to help them. And uh, trust me, they've helped me more than I've helped them. Uh, but um, just to find that that connection uh, with folks and, and, and get plugged in um, with a group of people who care about you and uh, who understand your struggles and, um, you know, who are not going to let you slide if you if you bust out and say, yeah, man, everything's cool. And they go, but no, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. You got to You got to find the person that's going to pick the scab. Right. Right. What's yeah. really going on. Right, Brian? What, yeah. yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about that last week. What's really going on, and that's the that's the challenge, especially with guys like us, man. We put up strength and put up, uh, you know, uh, you know, the best image that we have at the moment. You know what I'm saying? But uh, no, you hit the you hit the nail on the head right there, man. And I think that's important, man. It, but that comes with maturity, and like Greg says too, man. It comes with a lot of beat downs. You know what I'm saying? So the more mm-hmm. beat downs you get, like, you know, you want to become softer, not so much obstinate, and pay attention to that. I know I'm speaking the truth here, man. Like. I, I've been I'm I've been in the school of hard knocks and I'm still there. I have not graduated. But, That's right. Um, <laughs> you know I don't. Uh, I just want to say first and foremost, I know I can speak for Greg, but uh, Alex, we just appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here with us. And then uh, even with uh, things that you're uh, uh, dealing with and, and managing, and uh, your, your faith is contagious. And, and I know that it, it's uh, helping us here in California. That uh, you know, no, no matter what's going on, no matter our circumstances, our situation that uh, we still got to push forward and uh mm-hmm. you may you very well may need to be you, you might be bleeding okay that's okay put a tourniquet on it and we'll get you bandaged up uh but if you we're still able to fight and i think that's i think that's key with igy6 is that helping these guys helping people understand that you have a purpose and a mission and that god created you to do that and mm-hmm. uh and, and and that's what i mean isn't that what it's all about man hey what can you do to push the ball forward what can i do to help close this uh this mission up what can i do to help other people learn who God is, learn who Jesus is, and get stronger and right. build up some strength, build up some endurance and perseverance so I can be the husband, can be the good worker, the good boss, the good son, whatever, so that we can uh, change lives one at a time. You know what I'm saying? That's, 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 the, uh, that's, that's what I think that's what IGY6 is all about. And you definitely got our stick this morning. Yeah. You came uh, You came giving today, dude. I, I And I just, it's, uh, I'm always called higher, like, even in uh, all these years past, you're still leading. And I just want to say my hat's off to you, sir. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I know I know we do this a lot. Greg and I do this a lot. Like, hey, don't salute me. I work for a living. But uh, <laughs> it's like a, it, we, it, now means a res- it now means a respect thing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, no, Alex, I appreciate your time, dude. Do you have uh, any closing thoughts that you want to give? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, if if there was one nugget of information you've learned uh, since 1995 to now, um, all being said, if there's one nugget of information you can give to any man, not just a Marine transitioning, but any man transitioning in, in his career, his life, uh, what would that be? Don't give up. There you go. Don't, don't give up. <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> Never quit, man. Never just quit. don't quit. Yeah. Just one foot in front of the other, man. Yeah. You know? Good stuff, so, man. That's it, brother. 
Well, again, we really appreciate you, Alex, and uh, hope everything goes well. I know we'll 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 be around on the flip side on this whole Corona thing, and and uh, we'll be looking back at this, going, "Do you remember that time when people bought all the toilet paper? Remember that?" <laughs> how stupid that was and uh yeah i lost my job and i was furloughed and you know we have a couple guys in our group that have had been hit by this thing and essential non-essential all that garbage uh it's just it it's an eye-opening experience to see who people really rely on you you know the people who stress out about the stuff that their priorities aren't necessarily aligned with what the scripture tells their priorities to be aligned with and yeah. so I think out of this, just like anything, we're hoping that people get a little bit closer with their foundational faith with God and, and realign with what's really important in this world. And it's not lattes and, and your car. It's relationships. And because um, when, you know, you talk about social distancing hurting the church, um, you know, there there's a small bit of hope that God did this on purpose. So people desire to go fellowship more that this isn't yeah. enough. But um, right. like you said, we're in a culture right now where technology is so, so easy to get used to. And so uh, uh, yeah. I don't want to say lackadaisical, but it, it's, it makes things way more convenient to just do this than make the effort to go fellowship. But yeah. I, I honestly think at least the people that are in my circle, my friends, um, this is nowhere near sufficient <laughs> you know what I mean? We have to get out. We yeah, have to give that yeah. bro hug. We have to go, you know, eat some food and, and, and see each other laugh and talk. And we really miss each other. So I'm hoping this is a, a good opportunity for the world to 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 swing back around and go, look, you know what? Fellowship is really, really important. Not just video yeah, fellowship, yeah. but real physical fellowship. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Look at how our grandparents and great grandparents talked about the Great Depression and their interconnectivity with family and right. God during that time versus now. Right. And I think it's because um, Christians don't stand a very good chance of, of growing spiritually in the midst of prosperity because there's no motivation. Right. But poverty, poverty, you can get some spiritual growth handle. <laughs> so, the nation, we're That's getting right. ready to, to experience, you know, our, what, what they experienced on that level. And so you yeah. default back to the things that are really important, right? God, right. family, you know, the, the things that are, that are tangible. So yeah. I, I, and that sure, was man. a bit of a gift. Sure. Yeah. You don't, uh, it's funny you say that you don't learn anything standing there during your inspection. You learn it in the pit, brother, man. You know <laughs> what I'm right. saying? That's right. Yeah. No, it's all good stuff. Well, listen, Alex, this isn't going to be the last time we're going to have you on. Uh, It sounds like you got a plethora of of knowledge and information that we can share with the fellas. So we'll come up with a couple of other topics, then we'll invite invite you back on the show for sure. Okay. Happy to do it, man. I'm thankful to be here today. Awesome. Yeah, man, bud. We appreciate you. All right, man. So this is where we sign off. Tell everybody uh, where to meet us on Instagram, Facebook, I-G-O-T-Y-6, uh, both locations. Hit us up on the Apple podcast on, uh, what is it, iHeart Media, Podbean. Podbean. Yeah, yep. all those. So pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, that's where we're at. We're doing pretty good out yep. there. We're reaching other countries. We've got listeners in Australia, the Czech Republic, uh, all over the place, and which is really motivating for simple guys like us to know that uh, we're able to reach globally. Um, um, Plenty of listeners in in the Americas as well, Canada, Alaska, that kind of stuff. But anyway, 
um, just hoping we're doing a little bit. We're contributing a little bit back to the to the kingdom. So that's right. Um, with that Enjoy being six. said, yeah, I got your six. I got your six. All right, man. Yeah. We're out. Thanks. Hey, it's good to see you guys. All right, thanks, fellas. Good to see you guys too. Have a great day. You too.